0: Welcome to Language and Culture with Dr. J. I am Dr. J. This is a podcast about language, culture, and identity, and how these affect all areas of work and life. My guests range from politicians to artists, scientists, educators, students. I conduct interviews in English, French, German, Hungarian, and Spanish. You are now listening to an episode in English. The podcast also includes two new segments, on the one hand, Dr. J's soapbox, in which I briefly share with you thoughts that are just itching to be out there, and on the other hand, a segment called Kids Ask, in which children from around the world have the chance to ask my guests a question. The podcast is brought to you by Couturium.com, in affiliation with Quadille Books and Events. For more information about the podcast and about us, as well as for teaching resources and study guides to the episodes, please visit our website, www.cultureum.com. That's www.cultureum.com. mcom You can also find me on our social media channels with the handle or hashtag drjpodcast. So don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and updates. This episode is entitled More Than Just a Flower. My guest Jean-Luc Garnier and I talk about the French tradition of offering a bouquet of special flowers to loved ones on the 1st of May, which is Labor Day in France. Jean-Luc Garnier is a well-known horticulturalist from the Pays de la Loire region in France, and he specializes in cultivating roses and le muguet, which is Mayflower or Lily of the Valley. I had the opportunity to interview Jean-Luc in the summer of 2020. The original interview was conducted in French. If you speak French, I encourage you to listen to the episode in French. So what is Mayflower or Lily of the Valley? There are these delicate little bell-shaped white flowers that grow on stems. They're fragrant and absolutely lovely. These fragile little flowers are very complicated to grow. In addition to proper soil, temperatures and watering, They need, for example, what Jean-Luc Garnier referred to as repos vegetatif, which translate to a period of dormancy. In other words, the plant needs a period of rest in the winter. For this, it has to get cold for an extended period of time or the plant will not blossom. If the lily of the valley does blossom, there is a window of four to five days when it has to be picked and sold. If it is picked too early, The buds will not open, if it is picked too late, the flowers might wilt before you can sell them. Even if you don't speak French, I would like for you to hear Jean-Luc Garnier's voice and his actual words real quick.
1: the Mm -hmm.
0: The complications with the lily of the valley go even farther. For example, the flower cannot be picked in rain. Once picked, one drop of water on top of the plant can mean that it is destroyed. So if it happens to be raining when the flowers need to be picked, extreme measures have to be taken to protect the flower. Tents are built. Tarps are pulled. Anything and everything to try and make sure the flower does not get wet. And then the lily of the valley has to be kept fresh methods of conservation have improved over the years immediately after picking the flowers are put into a refrigerated area and interestingly they are given water but only from below because again one drop on top and the flower is dead so i asked about greenhouses and whether it would be easier to grow lily of the valley inside under controlled conditions and the answer is Yes, and no. Yes, it is possible. But no, it is not the French way. (laughs) At this point, Jean-Luc Garnier told me about his travels to Hamburg, Germany. As a young man, he spent some time in Hamburg studying to be a horticulturalist. And he did learn, among other things, to grow lily of the valley in a greenhouse apparently in germany and in other parts of the world lily of the valley is grown year-round and in greenhouses however Jean-Luc called this le muguet forcé in other words artificial false false lily of the valley in France despite all the curveballs that nature can throw le muguet is grown outside, and it is grown once a year for the 1st of May. Anything else would just not be appropriate. Sans it wouldn't be right. And I have to say, it is these types of discoveries, these types of statements that make the podcast so much fun for me. I listened to a lengthy description of how grueling and difficult and risky it was to grow lily of the valley. And then I found out Jean-Luc had learned to grow the flowers in a greenhouse. But this method would not be used because it just wasn't the way it was done. And you've heard me say this many times on this podcast before, but I love the French. What value would this flower have if, and let me start calling her she, it just doesn't feel right for such a dainty flower. So what value would a flower have if she were easy to grow? She would lose her meaning. She would become but an ordinary flower. And I have to take a second to comment on this because this is so wonderfully French to me. Think about the French savoir-vivre. Think about why that French cheese or that French wine or baguette tastes so incredible. Or think about that one piece of clothing from a certain French designer. And here I have to remind myself to do a Dr. J's soapbox episode on how I spent an entire summer's food budget to buy a Gautier dress when I was 18, 19. What I mean is that in France, I have the feeling that certain traditions, ways of life, rituals, be it more special, such as the offering of a bouquet of lily of the valley on May 1st, or something that is done on a regular basis, daily basis even, there is great attention spent on detail. There is an effort made. Value is placed on the time spent, on the gesture, on the delicacy, the beauty, Perhaps I'm a little partial. So let's move on to why the 1st of May is so important. May 1st is Labor Day in France, but also in Germany and other parts of Europe. In France, Lily of the Valley is offered to loved ones on this day, and the flowers are supposed to bring joy. Here are two quick sound bites from Jean-Luc.
1: Il savoir que le en France... Le jour du 1er mai, la fête du travail, l'habitude est d'offrir un brin de muguet à son entourage pour fêter le bonheur. Le, le muguet symbolise le bonheur. C'est une tradition exclusivement française, on ne le voit pas dans d'autres pays. Le muguet, en France, il ne se vend pas en dehors de ce, de ce jour-là. On ne voit pas de muguet chez les fleuristes en dehors de, ce, de cette journée-là.
0: So how did such a fragile flower come to represent Labor Day in France? Interestingly, it was les grands couturiers, designers who wished to thank their seamstresses on Labor Day and found the lily of the valley an appropriate flower and gift. And how magnificent is that? Think about it. Think about the effort and work and attention to detail it takes to create these amazing dresses and clothing. And how amazingly fitting it is to thank such work with a flower that takes no less work to grow. Once again,
1: here are Jean-Luc's words. La tradition de fleur du muguet euh, ça a commencé euh, au début du, du siècle dernier. Les grands couturiers français offraient un brin de muguet à leurs employés. So here's
0: another aspect of the lily of the valley that I find very touching. When you receive a bouquet of lily of the valley, you know its beauty will not last. The emphasis is not on keeping it, but on receiving it and knowing what the gift means. The value is symbolic. And even if the flowers keep only for a day, the symbol was there. And that's all that was needed.
1: Here's Jean Luc on this. Comme c'est une fleur qui est très symbolique pour le premier mai. Bon, si ça dure qu'une journée, les gens sont satisfaits parce que le symbole est là.
0: This episode, as most of my episodes, comes with teaching resources. One of the discussion questions I ask is whether you know of a flower in your own culture that is strongly associated with a particular holiday or tradition. I'm not an expert at this. I know the French typically offer chrysanthemums for All Saints' Day, so November first. I know, for example, in Hungary and Romania, snowdrops are offered for Women's Day. Uh, snowdrops are Hofehirke in Hungarian, Schneeglöckchen in German, or pèresonnages in French. And I guess roses are for Valentine's Day, poinsettias for Christmas. Anyway, if you come up with different ones, please drop me a quick line and let me know. Now, moving on. I'm afraid I now have to burst the romantic bubble I have created around the Lily of the Valley because now we're going to talk about money. You see, one of the things that has also been associated with the Lily of the Valley is that on May 1st, it can be sold by anyone, anywhere, without a license, and without having to pay any tax on the profit made.
1: La particularité de ce jour-là, c'est que n'importe qui peut vendre du muguet. Il ah. n'a a pas de déclaration à faire. Ah oui. Et c'est, c'est une vente libre.
0: Yes, indeed. And apparently, many organisations, associations, and political parties, including the Communist Party, have always used the sale of Lily of the Valley on May 1st to up their yearly budget. But individuals, young people, even kids often buy some lily of the valley and make their own little bouquets to sell them in the streets for a bit of pocket money. And here we have another aspect of French culture, namely le côté rusé. Jean-Luc and I talked about how in French there are the words rusé, which is the adjective that means cunning or crafty, artful, resourceful, se débrouiller, which is the reflexive verb that means to get by, to manage, to find a solution, to be resourceful. And débrouillard is a person who always somehow comes out on top. And all of these words have a positive connotation. And the thought of kids being resourceful by buying up some muguet and selling it for pocket money is positive. The idea that someone is Mm, sneaky and positively creative, or even a little tricky, is thought of as positive. In many parts of the world however, this would be considered dishonest or deceitful, manipulative. In French, to express this negative connotation, you would more likely use something like the word la magouille or "un magouillard, which is clearly someone dishonest, scheming, deceiving, um, a charlatan, a fraud, or a ruse. And yes, language gets complicated sometimes because, as you could see, ruse has a positive connotation in French, but the word ruse, which comes from ruse, indicates the negative connotation in English. Ruse, positive in French, a ruse, negative in English. But I think this is where culture is so exciting we have to pay particular attention to the words we use and know exactly what they indicate in the culture we use them in. And I find it really interesting how simple behaviors can be perceived so differently around the world as well. Let me give you one other example. A friend of mine tried to start a little fundraiser for her daughter's school play by having the kids sing a few songs downtown and pass the hat afterwards asking people to financially contribute to the funding of the little musical they were trying to put on. My friend was trying to do this in Germany, but most of the parents in her daughter's class found this inappropriate and did not allow their child to participate because it was associated with begging, with making people feel uncomfortable, with obligating them to donate. In the US, this would not have been a problem because kids sell lemonade, girls' account cookies, organize car washes, all sorts of things for fundraising. And it's thought of as um, entrepreneurial, active, or if we wanted to use the French word for it, rusé or débrouillard. In the same way, taking advantage of la vente libre or being able to sell Lily at the Valley without a license and tax free on the 1st of May is something positive and cute and supported in France, but might not be so elsewhere. So what does this say about traditions and following cultural norms and practices? Well, Jean-Luc talked about how it's a pity that some traditions are disappearing. On the other hand, he was really open-minded and insightful when he pointed out that it was only possible to keep traditions in the past because people had no phones, no cars, no way of getting away from their own traditions, and no way of discovering new ones. He also pointed out that if we only stuck to traditions, women would still be subjugated. Then Jean-Luc talked about how Jules Verne, who was from Nantes, which is where Jean-Luc is also from, You probably know Jules Verne, the poet and writer and adventurer. Um, Perhaps his best known novel is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Anyway, Jean-Luc pointed out how Jules Verne also took a boat and went out to discover the unknown. And he wasn't the first or the last. Jean-Luc pointed out how it is not good to stay stuck in old ways how it is sharing and mixing cultures that promotes positive change and new traditions. Here's Jean-Luc, once again, in his own words.
1: Jules Verne est né à Nantes, donc euh, ça dit bien ce que ça veut dire. Hein? <laughs> il n'y a pas que lui qui a pris un bateau un jour pour partir comme ça à l'aventure. Il y en a bien d'autres avant. Hein? Donc euh, il a, le Dante a l'esprit de voyage, l'esprit de connaissance, l'esprit de connaissance. Euh, parce que il est lui-même euh bitigé, euh, euh, c'est le mélange du monde qui, qui fait que ça change. Il faut pas euh, faut pas vouloir rester euh, figé enfermé euh, sans ouvrir parce que ça arrive qu'il y a des comme ça des, euh, des régions, des petites régions qui soient très fermées etc. mais c'est pas bon, ça ils évoluent pas.
0: So... We're coming towards the end of this episode about a flower that represents a lot more than just a flower. One part of my conversation with Jean-Luc that I have not yet talked about is how the Lily of the Valley represents the Nantes region. If you listen to the episode on the Muscadet wine, you already know that the Nantes region is known for the three M's, la mâche, le muscadet et le muguet. So, lamb's lettuce, muscadé wine, and lily of the valley. And again, Nantes is in an interesting position because it now belongs to les pays de la Loire. Historically, however, Nantes was a part of Bretagne. And geographically, Nantes is in close proximity with la Vendée, le maine et le Loire, so Anjou. La Sarthe, and La Mayenne, a complex and culturally rich region to produce a complicated and beautiful little flower. Thank you so much for listening. If you speak French, please tune in to the actual interview with Jean-Luc Garnier, Thank you, Jean-Luc. Merci beaucoup. This is Dr. J signing out.